Come on, everybody. Here we go. Up to Neverland. Welcome to Detour to Neverland, where we interview Disney content creators and product producers. We share Disney stories and strategies for how to grow your Disney hobby or business. Here's your host, Brendan Wright. Welcome back to Detour to Neverland. Today is a very special episode. We have John on, who is half of Living at Disney and half of Walter World Podcast. John, I assume you're one whole Disney fan. You produce so much great content on so many different platforms, YouTube as well. So thank you for joining us today. If you can go ahead and introduce yourself, tell somebody who's not as familiar with your work a little bit about Living at Disney, a little bit about Walter World Podcast, if you can. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on here, Brendan. It's uh I love your show, and um, I'm just stoked to be able to talk Disney with another Disney fan. Um, so, like you said, yeah, I'm one half of two different Disney accounts. So I guess that makes a whole a whole person. Um, Living at Disney um, is an account that my wife Krista and I have that we started um, about a year and a half ago, and uh, it was really just a place that we could share um, our love for Disney, photos from our trips, because a lot of our friends don't get the whole Disney thing, uh, which I'm sure you and everyone else is familiar with having that people group around you that just doesn't get it. And so we didn't want to bombard all of our friends with Disney stuff. And we kind of like stumbled into this awesome, amazing, crazy community. Um, and so we started just posting photos to that of our trips. And then we kind of developed into like a YouTube channel and, um, things like that. And then the Walter World podcast came up about six months ago. And um, that wasn't something that Krista really wanted. She wasn't really her thing. Um, and so my friend Kaylee, who is her Instagram account is inside Walt's vault. Um, one of our best friends in the world. She and I kind of started this podcast and just jumped into it. And it's it's really taken off, and, and it's a great way for us to, to kind of share our love for Disney with everyone else and kind of give them tips and insights and you know tricks and help them plan vacations and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that you probably have a similar um, experience as me, that podcasting is so unique because so many people experience them in different ways. So I know probably some listeners listen on their commute to work. Some people listen while they're at work and daydreaming about Disney or, you know, listen to it when they're at home cooking dinner. So podcasting is just such a unique way to spread that magic. And for me, the reason why I jumped into it was because I find myself you know, when I need to consume time and I want some of that Disney magic, podcasting is one of the first platforms that I turn to. So is that kind of a similar sentiment that you had that, that got you interested in podcasting? Oh, yeah, for sure. The uh, I like the idea of, you know, like being able to talk and not have to, you know, have your face in a camera and look a certain way. And you can just kind of share knowledge. And um, like you, I was just kind of starving for more than just YouTube videos or I was driving to work and I needed something, you know, that wouldn't cause me to have an accident. Um, and so I stumbled upon, you know, like podcasts like the Diz Unplugged and Zad Crew and um, WDW uh, Today and um, so many others. And I felt like they do incredible jobs and they hit so many areas of Disney love and everything. And um, I just fell in love with that. 
and the medium in which they were using. And um, that's really, like you said, it's, it's, that's what inspired me to kind of jump into it. It's scary. It was scary doing it, but, you know, um, we're kind of still feeling our way through it. Yeah, well, I'm right there with you. And I think that it's so Disney, the Disney community itself is so unique that there all are all these different Disney podcasts and the different Disney YouTube channels or Instagram pages or whatever it is. But every everybody can kind of carve out their own little niche and, and their place to share their voice. And, you know, there's never too many that there's never going to be a, an overabundance of Disney content creators because so many people are able to connect with it and everybody has a unique take on it. Uh, and I think that's just such something that's so unique to this community in, in particular. Oh, yeah. And that's that's one thing I like about your show is that, you know, you do something different than probably the majority of all of the podcasts. I mean, you're you're interviewing other Disney people. And that's something I like to hear because it brings a new perspective every single episode. And that's awesome. I love that. And, and like you said, there's, you know, every podcast is a little different. You know, mine and Kaylee's show is different than, you know, yours. It's different than the Zad crew who are good friends of ours and definitely different than the Diz Unplugged. And, but they all bring something a little bit different, different perspectives and different tastes. Um, and something we always say is even though we may hate, you know, cosmic rays, um, that doesn't mean that you shouldn't try it. And so another podcast, you know, may love cosmic rays. Um, so having all these different views helps you, I think, fill those voids for the Disney love and kind of helps you figure out maybe what you might want to try next time you go to the parks. Yeah, you're exactly right. And, you know, just a, a proof for me is that right when Toy Story Land opened, there were a ton of podcast episodes and YouTube videos of everything of Toy Story Land specific dedicated content. But I listened to the Walt World podcast with you guys of your breakdown of Toy Story Land. I listened to WDW Radio with Lou Mangello's breakdown of Toy Story Land, you know, and you can just go through all of them. And I never got tired of it. And, you know, you're hearing everybody's unique perspective. So it, I think it's great to be able to to have that environment where you can just put stuff out there and people are just craving any of that Disney content to, to share your unique thing. But I want to turn it back a little bit and tell me about kind of where did your love for Disney and your passion for Disney begin? How did it grow over time? How did that play with the dynamic of, of your marriage with Krista, of you guys, you know, sharing that love together? Yeah, so... Um, I, I, living in Tennessee, I live in Tennessee now, both of Chris and I, we both live in Tennessee, we're married, so obviously we, we both live in the same state, um, but we both grew up in Tennessee, and it was kind of like one of those pilgrimage, you take a pilgrimage every summer or every other summer to Disney World, right, you see it on TV, you see the happy families, and we always did that, hopped in the van and drove to Disney, um, my brother and my parents, and having that, growing up with, and, and I grew up with when Disney, the Disney Renaissance with Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast and Pocahontas and the incredible resurgence of Disney animation. And I, I think that the, the my love kind of grew from that. Um, it was a, you know, it was basic, you know, oh, Disney World, everyone loves Disney World. Um, and I kind of went away from that for a while because, you know, you get to a certain age and you're like, oh, Disney's for little kids. And, um, but Krista and I went back in 2013 to Disney. Um, she had just graduated law school, and I was entering my last year of college. And we went to Disney, and I had plans to propose to her at Disney. 
and uh, right in front of Cinderella's castle, which is, of course, the most cliche thing ever. But um, but we were walking through the gates, and, and I got down on one knee and proposed to her there in front of the castle. And um, I think from that moment on, it, it became something more than just a theme park. It became something more than just a place that we would go on vacation growing up. It became a part of us, a part of our story. And um, then in 2015, we got married, and we didn't go back to Disney until 2016. And it was kind of like a spur-of-the-moment type of thing. And we're like, hey, let's go to Disney. And it was, it was October or so, and we hadn't been in like three years. And the whole planning process, of course, Magic Vans hadn't come out in 2013 yet. That wasn't a big thing. Fast Passes weren't – they were kind of a thing, but they weren't like they are now. They were the paper Fast Passes. And so you could kind of just kind of go and not plan and, and have a great time. Whereas now I feel like if you don't plan, you're going to miss out on like 90% of the things that you would want to do. So in 2016, when we were planning to go, I got just like overwhelmed, like, cause there's all these schedules and you got to have the fast passes and the dining reservations. And it was so overwhelming to the point that we almost just canceled the trip altogether. Um, because it just wasn't fun anymore because it was so stressful and we went and on the flight back i remember sitting on the plane thinking that was the, one of the greatest vacations we've ever had it was it was very well planned out but there's got to be an easier way there's got to be some way to you know help other people um and so as chris and i kind of were talking on the plane and everything our love for Disney, because it was a part of our, our marriage, basically, became something that we both desired to help other people with. And so it's something that kind of brings us closer together, too. Um, and so we're those 30-something-year-old people that are Disney fanatics now because growing up with it, getting engaged there, and then that desire to help others have an easy, stress-free vacation. That And that's wonderful. And I think... That And I thank you so much for sharing that because that's a great story, and I think so many people can relate to that. What I'm thinking about is we talked a little bit about it off air, and I think it's funny because I, I don't know if you believe in fate or destiny or whatever it is, but I feel like our paths were destined to cross at some point because there's too many similarities. You and I both went to Tennessee Tech, which is a fairly small school in Tennessee. We both, Soar Eagles. <laughs> yeah, we both live in Tennessee which is not, you know, too popular in the Disney community. And then I got <laughs> engaged to my wife in front of Cinderella's castle as well. But I feel like you did everything like one or two years before me. So, <laughs> but that's awesome. That, that's, that's an amazing story. And I can, I, we feel the exact same way that um, it, for us, it was right after we got back, we went on a senior trip when I graduated uh, high school and went down and spent a week in Disney and, you know, went through that whole planning process. I love planning things and researching things. So that was the biggest thrill for me to be able to book fast passes and order our magic bands and do everything involved with that. And then, you know, as soon as we got back, um, that's just kind of where it took off for us. So that that's a great story and it mirrors a lot of our stuff. So I, I, I'm happy to hear that other people are going down that same path. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That that's the big thing the 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 bond that it creates with, and I'm sure you totally get it that that bond that that having that shared love for something 
creates between you and your wife. And uh, it's something that I think every, you know, couple, whether you're married or not, you should have that. You should have find something, you know, that bonds you, whether it's Disney or whatever, um, because it's completely it's made mine, Chris's marriage so much stronger because of that shared love that we have. Absolutely. Yeah, that's wonderful. So you guys have living at Disney on your Instagram page, but you guys also have a YouTube channel. So you've put out some really amazing videos in the past. And I know we talked about it a little bit off air that you've life has gotten in the way and you've taken a little bit of break, but you're going to pick it back up. But what is it about YouTube as a platform that attracted you guys to start that and use that as a medium uh, to connect with people and help them with Disney? So we, it's kind of funny because we, our first videos we did were in 20, we're in December of 2016. And like, <laughs> like I, I watched, actually watched it today at work just to kind of like remind myself of how horrible the quality was. Um, but we did it just honestly, it's kind of like home movies, you know, that's the way I kind of think of vlogging. Like back in the day, like I was born in 84. So I grew up watching home movies with my parents and um, you know, going on vacations, my dad always had the huge camera on his shoulder, you know, videoing everything that was going on at that time, you know, that was something you would show relatives when you cornered them when they came over to your house and forced them to watch. Um, and now people like willingly jump on YouTube to watch other people's lives. And there was something so appealing and, and kind of like took me back to that feeling of seeing my dad video every moment of our lives. Um, when we started doing it. And at first it's kind of funny and, and Krista wanted to be on here, but she's super busy at work and she's an attorney. So she's, she's just super busy. Um, but she, she wasn't fully on board with the vlogging to begin with. Cause, uh, cause really you wouldn't know it now, but we were pretty private in terms of social media. And so that was a big jump for us. Um, but we, in that planning for that first trip in 2016, we started watching vlogs on YouTube and, um, one that we could not get enough of was Tim Tracker, um, which is just like he's like the the the, the godfather of Disney vlogging. Um, and just as an aside, like he's like one of the nicest people in the entire world. Like he is genuinely a nice person. So there's a lot of people that might not be, but he genuinely is. Just as a side. But anyways, um, and I was just like, man, that is so awesome. I would love to share our experiences because i think we're i think we're kind of like you know funny and, and and add something to the world a little bit with our with our insights about stuff and so you know we showed our food and stuff like that and in college i was a i was a biochemistry major in college so like with these grandiose plans of going to pa school and all that and vlogging um was a way for me to kind of release my artsy side um which you don't think like you know science background artsy kind of go together um and i just really fell in love with the editing process and um being able to create something that could be really boring and making it something amazing um and we did that for several trips and then life got in the way um i lost my job and um just we just went through a time where doing that wasn't fun anymore. It became more of work, um, and so we just took a break from it. We haven't vlogged since man, it's probably about a year or so um, that we've vlogged or uploaded anything. Um, I think we just needed that break from it, and because we got to the point where 
and, and I talked to Doug Does Disney the other day on our podcast about this, that you become so consumed with looking for the next shot or, you know, I got to vlog this, I've got to vlog that, and I've got to talk about this, that you forget about your own vacation. You forget that you're at Disney World and you become so consumed with having to get that shot that going is not fun anymore. It's work and that's not fun. So we just took a break from it all for a while. Um, but we're headed back over Thanksgiving and we are going to start up again and um, see how it goes. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great lesson as well um, for anybody who's, you know, a content creator is that you can't try to force anything and you've got to be able to follow your passion and follow things that you're interested in and do things that you're genuinely enjoying. Because if not, you're going to be putting a product out there that you're not entirely backed behind. And, and I think that will show through. And I know that you posted something like that for Walt's World um, the other day where you guys missed an episode and you just decided that it wasn't up to your standards. And, and you know, I think that's making a commitment to excellence and a commitment to doing things that you enjoy is how you connect with people. And, and people are able to see, see that um, you're, you're putting yourself out there, you're being real, you're actually enjoying yourself. And, and I think that's a great lesson for anybody creating content. Mm -hmm. Totally. And there's a fine line. There's a fine line you have to walk between creating content because you love it and creating content because you feel obligated. Um, and Kaylee and I, when it comes to the podcast, we, we felt like, you know, why would we just put something out there just because we have to, like, we don't want to put something out there if it's just, you know, garbage um we want to feel good about it we want to be proud of it and we want to we want to release it if because we love love to release it we we love doing it not just because we feel obligated um i think that just enforces what you were talking about mm -hmm. for sure it has a the conversations that i have in this podcast always have a funny way of really shining a light on things that i'm going through um like creating the podcast so I've been recording episodes like crazy. It's I genuinely love it right now. So I'll book as many as I can to be able to just chat Disney with people for as long as I can. But there are those people, and you might have experienced this as well, that for some reason you're just not on the same wavelength, that you're chatting with someone and there's a disconnect somewhere. You know, It's just not a great conversation. There might be something going on. And so that was one of the toughest things for me that I took time out of someone else's day, recorded an episode with them. And at the end of the day, I listened to it. And unfortunately, it just wasn't the right product for me to put on the podcast. So that's a very tough pill to swallow. But I think everything that you said absolutely reinforces that, that, you know, you can't just put something out there because you feel like you have to, that you've got to put something out there that you're proud of. Right. Uh -huh. Totally. hundred percent. Well, good deal. So, so excited for you guys next trip coming up, I guess in a week or so. So what are kind of your plans to go down there? Are you staying on property, off property? What are, what are you guys going to get into? Um, yeah, we're staying on property. We, um, we're heading down we, we did this last year. We went down on Thanksgiving and we had one of the greatest traveling experiences I've ever had. We usually fly, um, and, and so we're doing that again. We're flying down on Thanksgiving evening, um, and we're staying at Pop Century, which has become one of our favorite um, resorts. Um, a lot of people are like, oh, Pop, why would you? Well, we love the renovated rooms, first off. They're great. They, they're, they feel super clean. 
whether they are, I don't know, but they feel super <laughs> clean. Um, and we love the, you know, the giant Mickey Mouse phone and just the big everything, the oversized everything going on there. Um, so we usually end up staying there. So that's where we're staying. Um, and we're going to do the Christmas party on that Sunday with Kaylee and Cheddar Biscuits. Who's, that's her boyfriend. That we, that's what we call him. <laughs> his, name's, his name's John, too. So it's hard for us to talk about John on the podcast. Um, but we're going to do a Christmas party and, and we're just going to kind of just enjoy, uh, being there at Christmas time because there's no better time than Christmas to be at Disney world. Uh, it's, if I could go one time of year, it would be at Christmas. Um, but yeah, so we're just going to, we're going to kind of just play it by, we're going to eat Sebastian's Bistro, um, and, um, check that out. Uh, everyone saying they love it. So we're like, well, we're going to try it too. Um, and, and yeah, we're going to do the candlelight processional. I think, uh, Alfonso, the guy from, um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, oh. I think he's the, he's the, the guy doing the narration when we're there. Um, I really wanted Neil Patrick Harris, yeah. but, but I'll settle for Alfonso. <laughs> Have you guys done the candlelight processional before? We haven't actually, uh, we're always down there at that time, but we just never have just done it. Uh, we're just, we'll, we'll walk through and kind of stop in the back and watch a little bit, uh, but we've never been a part of the whole whole thing. I'm stoked about it because Christmas is my thing. Like one Christmas, like for us at our house, November first, Christmas goes up <laughs> in our house. Like yeah. I count down the minutes, and, and Christmas goes up immediately. Um, Krista, though, she's she's not a big fan of that, but that's one of those compromising things that we just kind of <laughs> we compromise on. Um, so anything Christmas related, I'm all about it. That's awesome. We did the candlelight processional for the first time last year, and I think you guys will really enjoy it. It's a great event that they put on. It's, it's something I felt like that was so different than many of the other things that I've experienced in Disney. Um, but it still had that Disney magic and it's just completely top notch. So I think you guys will really enjoy that. I'm so excited about it. We're doing the, um, the dinner package where you eat and then you get the reserved seating um we're gonna do nine dragons which we've not eaten there we, we we've heard horrible things about it but lately we've heard really good things i think they've had a a change in in who's kind of handling that restaurant so we're gonna go give it another try and see how it is so that's actually we booked the dining package last year and we ate at nine dragons as well we thought the food was pretty good what was amazing for us Uh-oh. is that our server that cast member was amazing mm-hmm. He was hilarious. He kept us entertained the entire time. It was it was a great. Um, I wish I could remember his name. I know I tweeted uh, to cast compliments to uh, to <laughs> praise on him, but I I'll have to look back and, and send that to you and see if you can ask for him as a as a waiter if he's still there. Yeah, I think that's that's something. You know, we've eaten at we've eaten at tons of places on property, and there's a huge difference between having a dinner with a cast member who's like super engaged and super like knowledgeable about the menu and, and just awesome and eating somewhere that the cast member is just like, you know, here's the food and goes away. Like, you know, there, it, it makes the experience a thousand, thousand times better having that cast member super engaged with you. Yeah, absolutely. Because I think, you know, subconsciously that's why we all go to Disney is those wonderful interactions and those wonderful memories that we're able to take home and, food more or less i mean we all know everybody loves um, the amazing food at disney world but you know it is sometimes just calories going in your body so if i get a great experience out of that i'll take that over a uh, 
over a, a, just a, a normal meal any day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, awesome. Well, looking forward to seeing, uh, the trip that you guys are going to come back from, maybe get some vlogs from that, follow along on your stories. And I'm sure you'll talk about it on the podcast as well. So, so excited for that, but that leads us into, we'll chat about our lightning round. So I'll just throw out some Disney topics. If you can just kind of share the first couple things that come to your mind. So our f- listeners can get to know your Disney fandom a little bit better. Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. So the first one's an easy one. Just name the Disney parks that you have visited. Oh, this is going to be boring. <laughs> I have Chris and I have only visited uh, Disney World. Um, we're we're lame. We we haven't made it out to the West Coast. We we we've tried to save that for something special. We're uh, we're planning on going. Our fifth wedding anniversary is coming up soon, and so we're we're planning on just having like a we're going to go and do do it big. Stay at the Disneyland Hotel and you know stay go to the parks a bunch and and just take it all all in then. Um, and then I know Kaylee and I and Kristen Cheddar Biscuits, um, we're we're working on a, a trip to to Tokyo, hopefully in the next few years. That's that's our goal. Um, so I'm I'm stoked about that. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. So of the Walt Disney World parks that you visited, which one is your favorite and why? Oh man, I feel like is it cliche to say the Magic Kingdom? Like <laughs> that's where uh, I am too. So Magic Kingdom, if. If I could go back in time, though, MGM Studios would be the best, mm-hmm. would be my most favorite. But the current four, it'd be Magic Kingdom. Perfect. So you might have already just answered it for us, but your Disney bucket list trip? Tokyo. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. Disney Tokyo, for sure. It just – everything just looks amazing there. Er- amazing. Like um, seeing Tim Trecker went there lately. Uh, oh, yeah, Disney. Um scott and emily they went there they're there now um it just looks incredible everything about it looks amazing um i I, that's that's the bucket list that's it i'm in the exact same boat tim trekker's videos a for me were the thing that really kicked it off i i always told myself that i was a shanghai person but (laughs) after i saw you know his videos i completely flipped now i'm a tokyo person for sure that's higher on the list um, and then as we record this yesterday, actually, I had Justin from Walt's Wardrobe on and they, he and his wife, Megan, just got back from Tokyo and he shared a trip report. And now I'm completely sold. I cannot get there fast enough. Oh, man. I, and this is a thing that stresses, stresses me out. Like going to Disney World, like Chris and I will go about four or five times a year. So like we can kind of take our time and eat this and eat that and ride this and ride that and not worry about having to get it all in at once. But like going to Disneyland or going to Tokyo, what stresses me out is like trying to fit everything in. I want to eat all these things. I want to ride all this stuff. And uh, I just don't know that I'll have time. And that that bothers the crap out of me. (laughs) I want to do it all. (laughs) Yeah, I completely agree. I feel like with Tokyo, the one thing that scares me is it just seems like it is a very busy park. And you kind of have to temper your expectations unless you're going to spend a couple days there to be able to spread things out. Yeah, I think that's everything. I have so many friends. I'm sorry to mess up the lightning round, but no, I have no. so many friends that that go to Disney and they're like, "We had the worst time. It was so crowded. I had to wait an hour for this, and we couldn't get on anything. It was just so crowded, so crowded, so crowded." And I was like, "Well, what did you expect when you went?" And they're like, "Oh, well, we expected it like it was like 20 years ago <laughs> when we went." And I'm just like, "Well, that's the problem. Like your expectations need to be like, okay, going in, it's going to be crowded." It's going to be hot. I'm going to have to wait in lines for stuff. That's how it's going to be. 
and if you go in with that mindset, I know personally I've found that it's a much better trip because you're already expected to be crowded. You know, you're not trying to meet these unrealistic expectations. So, sorry, that's an aside. Just throwing no, it out there. No, I no, I love it. I love the tangents that we get into in the lightning round because I love the conversations that it evokes, and I I completely agree that we. Catherine, my wife, and I have kind of drawn a line in the sand, and typically we won't wait over 30, maybe 40 minutes for any of the attractions. And a lot of times that is a bummer to walk away from something that you really wanted to ride, but you almost always find something that is equally as enjoyable or something off the wall that you didn't expect to be able to do that, you know, going to see a show that you don't typically do. And so I think a lot of people just go and and expect, all right, I'm going to stand in this line for flight of passage, even if it's three hours. And, you know, it's a oh, no. it's a wonderful ride, but you could have been doing so many different things during that time span. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Our, our limit is 45 for most rides. I think uh, I think the Navi River journey, I don't think I would wait more than 15 minutes. So that mm-hmm. means we never ride it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I think. The longest we've ever waited for Flight of Passage is we waited about 90 minutes for it um, because I've found that that queue specifically, they always over-exaggerate the wait um, pretty pretty substantially on it. Um, so like for that that example, the, the wait said uh, two hours, 120 minutes, and we only waited 90. Um, so I kind of weigh it with like how much am I going to enjoy it? Like I'm not going to wait an hour for Peter Pan. Yeah. Like a minute ride. I'm not going to wait an hour for that. Um, even though that's one of my favorite rides in the world, I'm, I'm not going to wait that long. Yeah, for sure. It's, and that's because we go so often. Yeah. Where we have that ability to do that. Yeah. One last thing, and then we'll get to the next question. It Sorry. just keeps bringing up new <laughs> memories for me. And it's it's great. Yeah. But my parents just had some friends from their Sunday school class go down. They went and they booked zero fast passes and they oh. made zero dining reservations. Even after people told them, like, that's that's what you need to do to go to Disney World now to have a good time. And they came back, you know, the typical thing that they were annoyed that they had to eat quick service the whole time, that they couldn't get into the any of the restaurants. Granted, they had a party of eight. So, I mean, there's no table service restaurants that are going to be able to take a party that large, uh, just stand by. So... Uh, it's good work that especially you guys are doing at living at Disney of trying to educate people, <laughs> trying to help them enjoy their vacations as much because I, it breaks my heart to hear people that go down there and spend all the money and spend the time that don't get the same experiences that you and I are able to get and, and enjoy it so much. It's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. Ben. And when I have friends that um, I see them post like we're going to Disney and I'm like, I message them like, Hey, you know, let me know when you're going and I can hook you up with um, insights and how to do this and how to do that. And I never hear from them. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, you know, why would you not use me? Let me help you. Help me help you. <laughs> um, and it's just so frustrating when, when they, when I see photos, I'm just like, Oh gosh, I can't believe they waited that long for that. Ride. Oh yeah. Oh gosh. I can't believe they went to the magic kingdom on a Monday. Um, <laughs> you know, things, the things that I'm just like, I could have saved you so much effort. But then I have friends like, um, our our pastor from from church, we planned his whole trip for him. We booked his fast passes, told him where to be, and they came back. And he said, "I ten years ago swore I would never go back to Disney ever again. When we came back, I had the greatest trip I've ever had in my entire life, and it was because we, you know, we sent them the you know which park to go to on which day, you know, and 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 guided them through the whole process. And I think." 
I think that's just the biggest thing. Listen, listen to people who know what they're talking about. You know, mm-hmm. like <laughs> we have podcasts. <laughs> We're not just like we don't just talk about nothing on these things. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. <laughs> so, next question, I gotta find my spot on the list, but I love it. Uh, next one would be your favorite Disney resort. Mm, that's a tough one, dude. I I have a soft spot for Art of Animation because that was the first Disney. I didn't stay on property until Monte Cristo's trip in 2016. That was the first time I ever stayed on property in my entire life. Um, and so we stayed at AOA. And so I have that soft spot. And it was during the hurricane. So that was great. Um, but I have the soft spot for it. And I always will. But if I had to choose one resort to stay at the rest of my life, it would be the Poly. All day. I love the Poly. So what is it? Is it the food, the smell, everything yes. together? <laughs> yes, 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 all of it. I love Ohana uh, breakfast. That is my favorite breakfast on property. I love it. Um, you can't walk into the Polynesian in the morning and not just have this overwhelming feel of Disney all around you. Even though it's not like the most theme, Disney-themed resort, you just feel – because it's such, it, it still has that old original Disney feel quality to it like the contemporary you walk in and you just feel 1970s disney um and ohana breakfast it just makes me feel so happy stitch and lilo and um, the breakfast the food is good and the smell and i love that kind of retro hawaiian posters that they have there um around near where captain cook's quick mm-hmm. service is yeah i just love the poly everything about it yeah i'm right there with you Next one would be your favorite ride or attraction. Ooh, man, that, you're giving me some tough ones. <laughs> it's so much easier being on your side asking questions <laughs> yeah, to people. Um, my favorite ride or attraction. Okay, this is going to be weird, but if I had to pick, like, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of like lawyer the question a little bit here. <laughs> so. I love Peter Pan's flight because of that's my favorite Disney movie of ever and nothing will ever change that. Okay. And so I love Peter Pan's flight, but my favorite ride of the newer ride would be aliens, alien swirling saucers. I know it's like the dumbest ride, but like, I can't help but like giggle like a little kid. Every time we're riding that it's, I just have this huge smile. It's just fun. It's whimsical. The aliens are talking to you when you're getting on the ride and, um, it's just so fun. Like, I don't know. I, I, I just love it. So next week when you're down there, unfortunately that this episode won't be posted yet. So maybe you'll have to put in a highlight or something on Instagram. What <laughs> we need as an audience to live in at Disney or on Walt's world podcast, whichever one you want to post it on, we need just a face cam of you riding alien swirling saucers. Now that they're playing the Christmas music as well, since you're so into oh Christmas and the ride, we just got to see that reaction. I might tear up a little bit. Like, <laughs> I totally forgot that they were doing the Christmas music too. I'm like, you've got. I don't know that I'll be able to sleep. I'm really excited <laughs> about it. I know that's the most random ride, but if you've ridden it, like those of you listening, that if you've ridden it, like you just kind of, you kind of feel like a kid riding. Like, there's no way to not be happy. Like when it slings you around and you hear that, you look in front of you and there's this little alien like driving you around. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just so much fun. I will totally post something. I'll do it on both. And I'll tag you in it because, man, I'm, I love it. That's my awesome. face will make everyone happy. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. 
So next one would be your favorite snack or a go-to snack. Dole Whip. Dole Whip float or just the soft serve? Oh, yeah, go soft serve. You can't, don't mess up a good thing. <laughs> hey, I had a Dole Whip float. The very first time I ever got it, I got a Dole Whip float. And the pineapple juice was like, not warm, but it wasn't, cold. it was like lukewarm. It, w- it wasn't warm or cold. It was just kind of in the middle. And I was like, I was just like, this is not good. Like, I was expecting to be cold and, you know, refreshing. And I was just kind of miserable. So, like, I just go straight up Dole Whip. Now, I'm going to give you a little tip here. Something I always do is because they put in that little cup and, and it's going to get messy, right? Like, no one likes hot, getting their hands all sticky. And there's not, there's not always like wet, net, wet wipes around or a bathroom to go wash your hands. Always, I always ask for an empty water cup. And then you drop the little saucer into it. And so it kind of makes it kind of a, a, a taller kind of area to hold on to. Um, and, yeah, that's what I do. That's uh, my little my little hack, Dole Whip hack. Yeah, love it. I'm sure our listeners will be out there trying it because that's a, that's a great tip. I My first ever Dole Whip was a Dole Whip float. I oh. liked it, but it was it's just too much. It's I got like halfway through it and I was like, this is going to give me a stomach ache if I finish this and drink all this pineapple juice. So it, it was just a little bit too much. So I'm right there with you. Just a classic soft serve is yes. so hard to beat. Don't mess it up with the, putting the vanilla ice cream in there with it. Just the straight Dole Whip. Don't give me the swirl. Like don't, don't mess it up. Just the straight Dole Whip. And don't mm-hmm. be, don't be one of those people. Don't let your friends do the citrus swirl place. Like, <laughs> Sunshine Terrace. No one needs that in their life. I have a really good friend, Kellen, um, Once Upon a Wilkes on Instagram. They, like, swear – she swears by the citrus swirl. Like, and it's just not good. <laughs> it's just a dreamsicle. That's all it is. It, and, like, I don't get the hype of it. But, yeah, Dole Whip. Sorry, that was Grant. But Dole Whip all day. I could eat 12 of those a day easily. Love it. Another tip that I got, and I don't know if they do it in Walt Disney World – but when I was planning my trip to Disneyland, one of my friends, Jackie, who was, um, I don't remember what episode she was on, but she's Disney Snackaholic on Instagram. Mm-hmm. She gets the, I'm going to butcher the name of it because I cannot speak Spanish at all, but the tajin, it's T-A-J-I-N with the, I can't remember, the, the looks like an apostrophe, but I know that's not what it is in Spanish. But uh, <laughs> We've just offended everyone. Everyone <laughs> yeah. is now offended and stopping with me. Yeah, probably so. Now it's just you and I talking for the rest of the time, but whatever. Um, I put that on top of the Dole Whip, and it was a game changer. I I don't know if I would do it every time, but it is a little mix-up that really adds a little bit of an extra flavor to it. So, What is it? Is it like a, a syrup, or is it like a... No, it looks like they're little like red and orange crystals, so they look like they would maybe be something spicy, but they're I'm sure they're sugar-based of some sort, so it's like it adds a, a, an extra little sweetness to it. I'm gonna Google that. That's that's worth a Google. Yeah. So I know they have it in Disneyland. I think probably they have it in Walt Disney World. We had to ask for the little packets, um, but but hopefully they do because I would love to try that on our next trip <laughs> in Orlando. I'm gonna try that. I'll try that when we're down there. Sounds good. I'll pour it back. You know. <laughs> yeah. Pour it just on one little piece and try it out first. Don't don't commit all the way until you know for sure. <laughs> So next would be your favorite Disney restaurant. If you want to, you can break it into table service and quick service or just favorite flat out restaurant if you want to. 
Oh, man. Kaylee and I just did a series of table service restaurants uh, on the podcast. And I'm going to break it up because I have two very specific ones. Table service. My favorite table service is the Garden Grill at Epcot in the Land Pavilion. I love Love it. It is. I love Chip and Dale, which is just makes it even better. Uh, Mickey and like a overalls and Pluto with a little handkerchief around his neck. If the restaurant rotates, the food is so good. And I know, like, if you go to Disney enough, all the food is kind of similar. You're like the pot roast is the pot, the same pot roast at Fifties Prime Time as it is at Garden Grill as it is at Liberty Tree. But there's something different about it. I love that all the. Um, like the salsa that you get at breakfast, the salsa is fresh. It's actually made there from the vegetables that are made at Epcot. Um, the oh man, the cinnamon roll. They have this giant cinnamon roll for breakfast that is unbelievable. Like if you like the one at Gaston's Tavern in Magic Kingdom, this one makes that look like a pile of garbage. Like <laughs> I'm intrigued now. So, so good. I'm telling you, you will not regret going to breakfast there dinner they have this like sponge cake that's like crystallized sugar on the outside with fresh berries on top that are grown there at Epcot and it's just everything is very fresh and 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 amazing you get so much you, you get the characters like at least twice that come around to you which is nice um and it's a pretty good value I think um and then quick service I could talk food all day quick service um I would probably say Satouli Canteen at Animal Kingdom would be uh, my favorite quick service. I like because it's different. It's not, you know, your burgers and fries or your mac and cheese. It's, you know, very Chipotle-esque. Um, that's always our go-to when we're at Animal Kingdom. And the the thing that I always get there is the, um, the noodles and shrimp. They have a noodles and shrimp option other than the rice. Um, and I always like it. It's not as heavy feeling, I guess. Um, and actually, okay. Garden grill would be like one a and Tusker house would be like one B. Those would be my two. <laughs> it's hard. It's so hard. Cause I love so much Disney food. <laughs> I'll just stop. That's those are, that's it. If I keep going, I'll talk about it. <laughs> so is Tusker house for breakfast or for dinner or both just all around? Just all around. Um, uh, Kaylee would completely disagree. She hates Tusker House. Mm. Um, I love it because breakfast is great because it's very different. There's, it's, they still got your typical, you know, eggs and bacon and sausage and Mickey waffles, but then they've got, you know, African inspired stuff. They have some curries, uh, chicken curries, and they have some really unique desserts um, that you can only get there. And dinner, they have the best mac and cheese on property, right there at dinner. Um, and lunch, of course. And, of course, the characters are awesome. Mm -hmm. it, side note for me, I feel like most people would typically say that Epcot has the best food of any of the parks. But I feel like Animal Kingdom is slowly creeping up there. They've got some some heavy hitters between Satouli Canteen, between Tusker House, and between Tiffin's, and then Flame Tree Barbecue is really good. So it, there's a lot of offerings there that I feel like are, are fairly new and, and really taking that park's food to another level. Oh, yeah. So good. Tusker House, Satouli Canteen. Um, I like Flame Tree a lot. We, we You can get so much food at Flame Tree. That's what oh, yeah. blows my mind. Like, so much food. 
uh, and it's good quality. Now, when they changed their barbecue sauce about a year, two years ago, it's it's a little bit different than it used to be, but it's still really good, a great value for what you're paying for. Um, and of course, you can get Dole Whip and Animal Kingdom too, so that's a plus. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so the next questions will be outside of the parks. I think you already answered this, favorite Disney movie. So you said Peter Pan? Peter Pan, yeah. If we're doing Disney, straight Disney, Peter Pan 100%. So maybe just to get another fresh answer, favorite Pixar movie? Oh, man, that's a tougher one. <laughs> I And this is going to be kind of weird, but I love Cars 3. Hmm. Cars 3 is one of those I can watch over and over and over and over again. Um, I think it's hilarious. And the it just looks the, – the aesthetic of it is so, so well done. Um, so Cars 3. You've got to get out to Disneyland. You've got to go to DCA no. and get to Cars Land. Oh, man, it kills me. Kaylee and Cheddar Biscuits, they just got back from there last month. Mm-hmm. And, oh, man, it just hearing them talk about it, it just makes me sad. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've never been – I've always liked the Cars movies. I've never been the biggest Cars fan. But after we went to Cars Land – I'm completely hooked and love all the movies in a completely different way now because you'll experience it someday, I know, but it is the most immersive thing that I've ever done. I will probably cry. I'll just be honest. <laughs> I'm just going to walk into Cars Land and just stand there and weep profusely. Um, a close second would be Monsters University. I love – like I, 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 when I was going to Tennessee Tech, I went and saw it with my good friend Joey, and we laughed like little kids through that whole movie. Um, Art, I think is his name, the one that the, the one that was the um, philosophy major, um, the, the purple guy, like he cracks me up so much in that movie. Uh, but yeah, that would be my close second. That's awesome. So next one would be your favorite Disney song. Ooh, that's a really good one. That's a good question. <sighs> Can I... Uh, this is a Disney song. I will say "Happily Ever After" from the fireworks. Yeah, uh, so that song, man. If you can't, there's something about just blasting that song as loud as humanly possible when you're in the car alone, and you're just like singing your heart out to that song. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like, if you ever drive up next to me at a stoplight, and I'm just like going crazy singing in the car, that's what I'm listening to, probably. <laughs> that's that, awesome. That, or if we could go a little old school for you '90s kids. Um, we could do any of the songs from Goofy movie. Oh yeah, any of those, any of those songs, Powerline songs. I'm 100 percent behind those. <laughs> That's great. So next one would be your favorite Disney quote, either from Walt himself or from any of the movies. I think the from Hercules, giving up is for rookies. Yeah. I like that quote a lot. Just it's applicable just every day, you know. Um, I had to tell myself that quote a lot in college, <laughs> going through organic chemistry classes and biochem classes and that kind of thing. Um, so I would say that's probably my favorite quote, giving up is for rookies. Yeah, that's a great one. Hercules is filled with kind of little one-liners that are so powerful yeah. that, that I feel like are often overlooked. But if you slow it down and, and look at some of them by standing on their own, there are some great quotes in there. It, yeah, that I, I, that movie is very under underrated. I think it's underutilized in the parks for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you can occasionally meet Meg actually at Epcot sometimes when they're doing character training. But really? if I had a second, it would be um, the from Aristocats, <laughs> which is like my guilty pleasure Disney movie. Um, Aristocats, where the little um, oh gosh, the girl, the girl kitten. I can't think of her name off the top of my head now, but um, she's like, ladies don't start fights, but we finish them. I just think that's like the cutest like line from from a Disney movie too. Anyways, that, that was, those would be my two. Yeah, great choices. So last question of the lightning round would be your favorite Disney memory. Okay, I'll get in trouble if I don't, <laughs> if I don't say uh, getting engaged in front, of the, in front of Cinderella's castle. That's, I think that's kind of like the, the known like you know that's that's the main answer um that would be a, a memory i'll never forget um but another memory i have is um the last trip i took with my my family before chris and i actually even started dating um back in 2000 oh man 2011 or 2010 and um that was probably one of the, one of my most memorable trips because of um, just a, all, a lot of stuff that happened after that and like it was before my nephew was born and um, it was kind of like the last trip where it was just me my mom and dad and my brother and, and so that was that's something I'll always remember watching wishes you know from Main Street and um, yeah so that's probably that's probably other than being, getting engaged <laughs> to my beautiful loving wife <laughs> that would be my next my next memory. That's great. Well, awesome. Well, last question is something that we want to ask all of our guests and it's great for you because you've kind of put yourself out there on a lot of different platforms connected with so many different people. So I, I know that you have great advice to share with anybody, but it's kind of, if you had a piece of parting guidance or advice to someone who they have this love or this passion for Disney, they're looking for the right way to express it. They want to take on a new project, but they're not sure where to start. What can you tell that person? Yeah, that's, I, I get that question a lot, actually, and it's something I think about, you know, like, I have to think about why did I start um, sometimes. I have to think, gosh, why did I even start doing this? It's so much work, or, you know, it's exhausting having to post stuff on social media all the time. Um, what I would say is make sure that you're, whatever it is you do, whether you do a blog or a podcast or a vlog or just posting photos of your trip or anything like that, do it because you love it. Don't don't do it to get followers or become Insta famous or YouTube famous or whatever. Do it because just for the love of Disney, for the love of what it is you're posting about. Um, I think a lot of times we can become so consumed with the number that is beside our name. You know how many followers and who's following us and these big accounts that are following us, and we can become so consumed with that that we forget why we are doing it to begin with for the love of Disney. And with that too, not only just doing it for the love, but you need to do it. I kind of lost my train of thought there. Sorry. Um, do it for the love of Disney first and foremost. And, and don't feel obligated. I kind of mentioned it earlier. Don't feel obligated to do it. Um, don't be so consumed with getting followers. That's what I was going to say is that sometimes we, we can start comparing ourselves to other people who do similar things. And I'm sure you, I mean, just innately as humans, we kind of compare ourselves to other people. And, you know, sometimes whether it's 
Krista and I with our vlog or our account or Kaylee and I with our podcast, we look at other people who are doing similar things, other podcasts or other vloggers, and we look at how many subscribers they have or how many followers they have or how many downloads they have and compare that to us. And we're just kind of like, oh, we only have this number. Only these many people are, are subscribing. You know, We're not doing good. Something we're doing is wrong. And that's not necessarily true. What you're doing may not be wrong. It's just people haven't found you yet. You know, you can't get down on that. Don't get down. It just takes time. And just and, and, and that falls back under do it because you love it. If you do it because you love it, people are going to find you and love it too. Yeah, that is absolutely brilliant. And I love all that of what you said because I think all of us fall victim to that sometimes for sure that you, you can get caught in the rat race of the numbers game um and comparing yourself and and trying to mimic other people if you just stick true to what you're passionate about and what you enjoy i i'll never forget um one of our early guests her name is kate um, from katekillabrew.com she was just messaging me after saying you know she loved being on the podcast and what she said stuck with me is she said content producing is so unique because you just kind of have to put it out in the world and you never know when or where someone is going to connect with it. That it could be, you know, years from now that somebody stumbles across a podcast episode or a blog that you put up that they really connect with. And then they're a fan of you for life, you know, and they love all the stuff that you do. But it's almost just kind of throwing it out into the abyss and seeing who can find it. And it's, you know, I think you're exactly right that it's not necessarily that you're ever doing something wrong. It's just that your people are coming and, and there are people that are that are wanting to connect with the content that you're putting out there. So I think that's absolutely great advice. Yeah. And and I don't I'm not saying this because I'm name dropping or because I'm like, hey, look who I'm friends with. But I'm I'm friends with, you know, some very large and like actual real life friends with very large accounts. And, you know, they talk about like it's not it's it's become more it becomes a burden to us at a certain point, you know, that that they can't go to the parks anymore without being stopped all the time or um and, and they talk about how they didn't appreciate what they had when they first started of being able to just put out stuff because they loved it and they didn't have that obligation anymore yeah. so you know it, it i love what that just said you kind of throw it out there in the abyss and people can grab it and jump on it and some of our, my best friends in the world i've met through the disney community it can be the most incredible community of people in the in, in the world to be with. And uh, so just throw yourself stuff out there and do it because you love it. If you get two likes, awesome. If you get a million likes, awesome. It shouldn't matter as long as you love it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. Uh, I think that is absolutely valuable for anybody who's in any point of their kind of Disney content creation career um, at any standpoint. So that's, that's great. So John, I hate that Krista couldn't join us. Hopefully, maybe we can connect for an episode down the road, maybe get a trip report yes. or something out there. Love to yeah. hear her perspective on this stuff. But thank you so much for joining us uh, today. I had a blast chatting with you. Um, covered some really great topics, and I know our listeners enjoyed that as well. So to our listeners, if you're not already, you can connect with John and Krista and Kaylee at Living at Disney on Instagram and also Walt's World Podcast on Instagram as well. So, John, is there anything else that you want to share with the listeners before we head off? No, oh, man. Thank you so much for having me on here. I had a blast. I love being on this side. <laughs> it's hard to turn off the podcast hosting a little bit on my, you know, for me, it's really hard to do that. Um, but I had so much fun, and like I said, I love listening to your podcast, and 
um, yeah, guys, just give this guy a follow and listen because it's great content. And uh, yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, perfect. Well, thanks so much. And uh, yeah, we'll connect soon. Awesome. Sounds great. Thank you for listening to Detour to Neverland. Make sure to subscribe to never miss the new episodes on Mondays, Tuesday, and Thursday. Be sure to leave us an iTunes review and share the show with your friends to help spread the magic. Connect with us on Instagram at detourtoneverland underscore podcast or at detourtoneverland.com.